Hi, everyone. This is Liz. And Shana. We are the birth nurses. Welcome back. It's been a while since we've been in the studio, so we're really excited today because we have a special guest, my cousin, Lauren Rosenberg. Hi, Lauren. Hi. <laughs> Lauren and I have a very special relationship. She is my first cousin, and we are from a very large family of 36 first cousins, all from Wild. one grandmother. <laughs> and Lauren and I had a surrogacy journey together about 23 years ago, which actually started 24 years ago, and um, I became Lauren's gestational surrogate, and it was a lot of fun, and... Oh, really? <laughs> it was for me. <laughs> Stressful for Lauren, more fun for me, um, and we're going to talk about it today, and we hope you enjoy this episode when we talk about gestational surrogacy. Yeah. Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica. We are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we talk about birth and nursing practice and labor and delivery, and in a broader sense, the whole world of nursing, too. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a first-time pregnant parent, a parent to one or more babies, or a professional in the birth world, this podcast is for you. Join me and Liz and special guests as we share and learn from each other here on the Birth Nurses Podcast. Yeah, well, Lauren, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Do an intro on you, where are you from, and then your family background too. Sure. I'm from upstate New York, Rochester, New York, where our big family comes from originally. Her dad's the only one that came out, Lizzie's dad, is the only one that came <laughs> out to California. Yep. So she grew up here, but came back for the summers. Which was the best thing ever. So yeah. fun. Wild in the... Uh, all the cousins together. All the cousins. Well, all we had cousins, yeah. 10 people in our house as it was, because I come from... Six kids, wow. myself, I have five older brothers, and it was my parents and my grandparents who lived in the house, and Liz and her two sisters came and stayed also, and we all shared one bed. Wow. <laughs> Four of us in one bed. <laughs> one bed, one bedroom, until, you know, it yeah. was fun. It the was crazy. in the attic. That was, you know, black lights and black light posters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the time. And, yeah. My grandparents <laughs> were across the hall. My aunt and uncle were next door. <laughs> And uh, big old rambling house in upstate New York. It was Those are so fun much fun. memories. Yeah, it was great. We thought it was big, but when you go back, it wasn't really big. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was basement, first floor, second floor, attic, and that's how it bigger is bigger than a lot of California yeah. houses. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot LA. of people who just made it all work together. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. And that's how it was back then, anyway. So um, I came out here in '84, and I worked for the the Olympics. Oh. And I was ready to head back to Rochester, and all my cousins and my brothers that are here said, why are you going back? Stay here, find a job. And I did, and I met my husband in 91 through, before all this online dating stuff, <laughs> it was called Connections. Um, it was like a small Great Expectations thing, and you'd go in. And you'd look through a book and you'd see a oh, face. Oh, right. I love this. I forgot about that. And you had a piece of paper and there was pictures on it. And if you liked the portfolio, you'd get a tape. It was only by first names. You put the tape in on a little computer screen. 
And originally I said no because he was past my age limit. He was <laughs> over six years older than me. I had a five-year age limit. But anyways, so I raced it right when I handed it in at the front desk. And um, we had so much in common and so many coincidences. So and people many. we knew. I grew up in the East Coast. He grew up here. My brother knew his dad, and wow. my roommate knew his. He grew up with her cousin, and huh. I was just on and completely on. meant to be. They just celebrated thirty years. Thirty years last right. week. Congratulations! <laughs> just yeah. happy you know. anniversary. So we were together. I think he proposed after seven months, and we were married within fourteen months. Wow! And uh, yeah, we didn't. Um, Did you talk about? Having kids right away? Um, yeah, we knew we wanted kids. I wanted more. He wanted less. One is fine for him. Mm -hmm. Coming from a big family, I always thought I'd have three or four. Um, Me too. Yeah. And so we wanted to wait two years. He's He was 38 and I was 33 when I got me, or 39 by time. So he was getting older and... I could wait two years. You think 35, I could have a baby at 35. And of course you start. And I don't think I got, I did get pregnant the first time. Um, I think it took nine months. And then everything was good. Um, and when we went to go at 11 weeks for the heartbeat, I think they waited till that long. Mm -hmm. There was no heartbeat. Mm. So we had a miscarriage. And of course they always say, Try again. I don't know how long it took the second time. Of course, the earthquake came in 94, and we were moving, and I know I was pregnant again the second time. Mm -hmm. So I miscarried the second time, and usually they wait for your third mm. time to miscarry. But at our age already, I was getting a 36, 37, I don't know. And uh, so they did a histiocelpingogram. Is mm -hmm. that what it's called? And they found that my uterus was T-shaped, so we went through all the... You know, insemination thing. Oh, I had surgery first. Right. I opened my uterus. Try to, try wow. to change the shape, change of, the shape of it. Inner chamber of wow. the uterus. And originally it worked, and I did get pregnant, and then I miscarried, and then they did another histiocelpingogram, and it was back to normal, back to what it was. Mm, the T-shape. So we tried a couple more times. I did get pregnant four times. I just couldn't carry. Okay. So I miscarried four times. And what was the longest you were able to stay? 11 pregnant? weeks. Okay. Well, they knew. They did it right away because they knew this was happening. So I think I went eight weeks after that, the longest, because they checked right away to see if there was a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. There was a small one the first time, but they said, no, it's not strong enough. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know how many doctors I had or how many people I went to and how many referrals and... Uh, and then comes Liz with a question. Yeah. I also just want to say that when we talk about infertility, there are lots of different kinds of infertility. Right. Lauren had infertility related to a shape of her uterus. She'd made eggs. She got pregnant successfully. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when that placenta starts to grow and needs more surface area and the fetus starts to grow, if the uterus doesn't expand, the uterus is not going to... Carry the uh, right. It's not going to um, yeah. accommodate. And so um, other people have blocked fallopian tubes. Other people just don't ovulate. Mm -hmm. So we just want to let everybody know that we know that there's several different kinds of... Issues. So yeah. I was thinking about this, going, okay, Lauren's perfectly capable of making 
a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's clear. I think like we talked we about do. before, I'm pretty sure you were pregnant at my wedding. And um, I just started kind of batting it around in my head. Yeah. Just thinking. Yeah. Hmm. So how did, like, yeah, other, tell us a little bit more about that, Liz. What Well, when I started thinking idea. about it, my son was two. And I just started doing a little research on gestational surrogacy. Um, talked with it about it with Paul, my husband. Asked him how he felt about it. He said, "Let me give this some thought for yeah, you know, it's a big before, decision before we bring it up." Uh, talked about it with my own obstetrician, mm. and he said, "Yeah, we can we can refer you to somebody who does IVF and talk about it." And I have a great guy. His name was Eric Surrey. So shout out to Doctor Surrey. <laughs> he left. Los Angeles and went to Colorado, I think, to head up an infertility program oh, wow. there. But he was a wonderful man. And um, so I just mulled it over and I kind of came to a decision that if I was going to do this, that I'd have to sort of broach the subject gently mm-hmm. with Lauren and Steve and not make it weird and kind of keep it light. And so... I kind of scripted in my head why I wanted to talk to them and ask them if they wanted to have dinner together. And I don't think I just blurted it out. I I don't remember. I think I talked about, have you heard of gestational surrogacy? Lauren, do you remember this conversation? Uh, Very vaguely. And like we were talking about, Lizzie's a very, very generous person. And it was (laughs) like, if you want... I can carry your baby for you. <laughs> I think it was like, over a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was at that ho- that, that restaurant. I'm not sure. Steve doesn't remember the Maybe restaurant. We the remember Froman's. <laughs> right. We remember Froman's because Paul came with you. Your, uh, <laughs> right. right. So it's like, Liz, <laughs> come on, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> she goes, Yeah, I'm totally serious. Uh, you know, I we discussed it. My Paul and I discussed it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he's on board, and obviously, when you're doing this, the person carrying the child has to have had a child already. I'm Elizabeth Baker Wade. I am a labor and delivery nurse, registered nurse, birth educator, and podcaster. My birth education classes are concentrated on how to have a better hospital birth and high risk pregnancy. What's high risk? What does that mean? High risk are moms who are experiencing histories of chronic hypertension, pregnancy-induced hypertension, we call that preeclampsia, insulin-dependent diabetes, infertility, and other comorbidities in their pregnancy, which bump them into a higher risk category. Mm. Why do you like to teach about high-risk pregnancies? Because there's going to be more interventions often in the high-risk mom. And getting familiar with the vernacular and understanding the risk-benefit of these interventions and why your obstetrician is going to bring them up and getting prepared for what's going to happen in the hospital, I think can really greatly reduce fear and anxiety. And a lot of moms out there have comorbidities these days. We need to help them out on their way. Making peace with intervention when necessary helps for a better, smoother labor and delivery, I think. How can someone sign up for your class? They can go to birthandbeyond.net. You can email me at liz 
at birthandbeyond.net. I will respond within 24 hours. All my schedules, fees, and times are on my website. I also have a consultation membership and a text me anything membership for a month at a time where I will answer as many texts as you need for questions that come up out of the blue. Lots of texts come after the appointment, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just had an appointment with my LB and I what don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm at birthandbeyond.net. So Liz remembers us saying thanks, but no thanks. But I don't remember that. And <laughs> well, I, it was subtle. It subtle. was like very, I think they were because just we like, were you're crazy. It was too yeah. weird. <laughs> I did not get a sense that they were in, and I think they were in a little bit of, like, it's too weird. Not in no. shock, mm. but like, how does this work? Right. Well, yeah. and, it, and it was so new back then. I mean, they were doing IVFs, but there wasn't a whole lot of gestational, sur- gestational surrogacy. Yeah. So, so um, how did you learn more about the logistics and how did you finally come to the decision? Well, obviously, we would you think we waited a couple of weeks before? Oh, yeah, we there got was radio silence for a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I just tried, like, hey, yeah. how you guys doing? I didn't say one thing. And I then, just thought, I'm going to give them two or three weeks and uh-huh. then move on with thinking about having another baby. Yeah. Um, and, or, and then I wanted to. Well, that uh, was you know, another thing. There was. Are you sure you don't want another baby or do you. Yeah, and I would, and you know, my intention was to have another baby after we had Bria, but then I didn't. Uh, Then I then we then we all got like, okay, I'm now I'm over (laughs) for. I mean, part of it, what I put to Lauren and Steve was, we're both getting older. Um, The infertility people aren't going to take two forty year olds. They will now Mm -hmm. because, basically, in my opinion. If you have, you know, a pulse, they'll put yeah. a baby in your uterus. <laughs> and back then, you know, it seemed like to be tighter parameters. Mm-hmm. So our obstetrician was encouraging me to encourage Lauren and Steve to make let's a decision. Do this. Like, right. Let's do it. Right. So nobody's going to say, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. So we met again at Froman's. That's the one I remember with Paul. <laughs> and uh, we discussed it. And I mean, are you serious about this? Because there's so, mu- so much that... Mm happens obviously we met with eric surrey yeah. then we went to see eric surrey and he gave us the whole what this is what's going to happen um he was uh, very frank also oh yeah he said i've looked at all of your history and he said you've got two you know things going for you you make eggs uh-huh. you can get pregnant this is not an issue with steve right but i very much doubt that you're going to carry a baby to even right. close to term ever mm-hmm. in your life. And I think Lauren just needed to hear it oh, and be that. able to move on because he was very optimistic, though. He said, I'm going to tell you chemically how we do this, what drugs you're going to take, how we're going to get you in sync. And then it's going to be very, very specific. And it was yeah. very specific, the scheduling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was mind boggling. <laughs> it, it, uh, one thing for someone to tell you and then going through it yeah from seeing a psychologist together to make sure we were in the right frame of mind that right. we could do yes, that that Lizzie us. could give up a child she just carried even though it wasn't going to be hers it was genetically mine and yeah. my husband's my eggs Steve's sperm <laughs> implanted in her and 
Um, she was really nice. We were she cracking. Was really nice. We were, oh, like, we were cracking like, oh, up in the lobby. Fine. Also, we're like, what if we go in there? She thinks we're both like, oh, Loony. they are totally unfit, <laughs> both of them. And go, <laughs> so we're like, don't say anything weird. Like, <laughs> she was really nice. Yeah, she, she was. In nice. fact, I don't and think easy. she made us come back. Did we have to go I, back twice? I what? think we might have been twice. Just twice, but it didn't have to be as serious. She cut us loose after twice. Right. So <laughs> that was the first thing. Yes. And so then, Steve was on board right away. If he was, he on was board. waiting for you to be on board, and then I guess yeah. <laughs> he didn't have to take the drugs. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was nasty drugs that change your whole mm. everything. So yeah. firstly, he says, "Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to put the both of you on the pill." And I was like flabbergasted. The pill? You want us to <laughs> stop ovulating? I was, we was like, no, no, we got to get you in sync. Mm. And then Lizzie's going to go on a different medication to... Lupron and esterase. Mm-hmm. To stop Thicken her... the uterine lining and suppress ovulation. Right. And me, fertilize. I, I had to take medication to produce multiple eggs. So that you would have eggs to be retrieved, yes? Correct. So you want as many as possible and as many to fertilize as possible. And when they put you out, they retrieve the eggs. And the doctor says, when you open up, you'll see the number on your hand of how many we were able to extract from you. So the first time, I believe, only seven came out. It was seven, mm-hmm. but only three. Like took what you would call like viable eggs. Viable mm-hmm. eggs. So then you wait three days to see if the embryos. Um, they mix the sperm with the eggs, and they they split. And there was really only one healthy one the first time that they eventually implanted. Three days later, right into Liz. I got a phone call to go to Century City Hospital in Los Angeles, where this big infertility clinic was, and they implanted this one egg. But Dr. Suri did tell us he wasn't in love with this, but he thought, let's just see. We've been trying so long. Let's just see. I think he just really wanted. He didn't just want to scrap the whole thing after doing it, because then for sure I wasn't doing it. He said, yeah, it can continue its journey. Like, who knows? Right. So we did conceive. We did conceive, and then I get a call. Was it four weeks later? Was yeah, it about four weeks five, yeah, yeah, four weeks yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. And uh, I started to bleed. Mm. I was having a miscarriage, and that was a really hard phone yeah. call to make. I get the call, and I knew it. Mm. I was just, that's the way it went with my miscarriages. I wasn't hopeful, and I just knew the news was, okay, Liz, we tried. And that was concerning to me. But I realized that Lauren had already had to have the same news over and over. And it wasn't that she was flat. She was just very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So I felt like now I'm now I'm on a mission. <laughs> you know, I, it, literally, as soon as I told her and, her and I was thinking about how quickly we could do the next cycle. Right. Like, and I don't again. think Lauren at that time was thinking that we were going to do this again. And I said, yeah, we, I was, we need to try this again. I was done. Yeah. And, um, of course, Liz and my husband conspired conspired together and said, <laughs> you know, you, you have to try again. I go, why? I, I just can't go through this anymore. I'm going to travel the world, <laughs> which I've always wanted to do. And but have. 
course, Liz was on a mission, and <laughs> and uh, they talked me into it, and we had to start the process all over. But now the doctor knew what he had to tweak. Right. So I was on different meds, stronger meds. And um, where, did, dosages, where did you dosages. get these medications? Oh, yeah. That was another thing. <laughs> the At the time, it wasn't like you could freely get from you know the any pharmacy any pharmacy there was one pharmacy on Ventura and Burbank. It was a specific time it came in during the week. You had to be there when it opened. Oh my gosh! And I know how um, stressful. It's really sketchy. Like, what if I miss my <laughs> yeah. my drug pickup? It was terrible. It right. was uh, and it cost eleven hundred to fourteen hundred dollars depending on how many wow. days I needed for. I think the first time was like ten days. So we were dishing out this money. Wow. And it, that was no problem because we knew. It was a lot. That's just it a week, was a lot, by the way. And insurance didn't pay for it. Yes. None of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then you started with the shots. And well, we have to talk about the funny drop off because that's my favorite. So Lauren would get the drugs <laughs> that I needed. Right. Mm -hmm. I was on Lupron and Esterase at different times. Because remember, we're building my uterine lining mm -hmm. while we're producing eggs right. in mm -hmm. Lauren. Again, I lived in Sherman Oaks, so I'd have to come over the hill. She would come over the hill, and we would meet Get at a the... gas station on Barrington and Sunset. I think that <laughs> gas station's been demolished, and there's something else there now. And we would pull up driver to driver and open our windows, and she would hand me a paper bag. You just get an image of this. <laughs> Rolled under yeah, the window. This does not look like a drug drop-off. <laughs> no. We were just Very laughing. Funny. And this is weekly. But that's exactly thought, what it was. Does anybody <laughs> notice it? Those two cars are, <laughs> right. are passing, you know, passing a paper bag between them yet again. And this went on Meeting on the side weeks. of the gas station. Meeting on the side <laughs> of the gas station. It was pretty funny. Yeah. So that was kind of midpoint for us. And we do want to say that Dr. Surrey, we were very, very clear about a very specific schedule. Mm -hmm. Take your meds on time. Do not skip your meds. Liz, do your shots at the same time every day. Mm -hmm. No shenanigans. So yeah. we were. I was very, very on a strict schedule. Lauren was on a strict schedule, and especially the second time around. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about testing. Um, yeah. I'd go in for blood work daily at the end, and you would go in weekly. To, no, at the end I was at daily. The, end, the yeah. last week for when me. Yeah. I was fertilizing, um, we were taking the drugs. Yeah. I would produce the eggs, um, and then at the end when it was almost time to extract them, I was going in daily to yes. get blood work to make wow. sure my levels were going up. So it was coming over the hill to Beverly Hills, waiting in the waiting room, sometimes up to two hours. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. stressful. And you were you would go in to get see if your lining was Oh yeah. They were they were very very systematic, very well organized. I would go in and I always joke that, you know, in the beginning I thought there's going to be a curtain or a little door. Well, I'll get undressed. <laughs> and it was a transvaginal ultrasound to measure my uterine lining. And this young lady was, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> get on this table. I'm like, just take my clothes off right here. She goes, yep. Get up there. Oh, my and, gosh. All right. You have this many millimeters of lining. Good job. That's it. She'd hand me a tissue. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, she I could. She, she had 30 other ultrasounds to do that day. She was no joke. Like, come on. Then I would go to the next station and get my blood drawn and then um, and just move throughout this process. Uh -huh. And it just became routine. Mm -hmm. I knew what time to get there. I knew what time I was going in. I knew I would be in and out of there. I didn't have to wait for some reason more than any time 20 minutes. 
because oh, I, was I was just seeing the ultrasound tech. Right. Yeah. So um, she was very efficient. Lauren had m- it was different. Yeah. yeah, it was different yeah. on my end. But um, so the second so we had egg the second retrieval. Yeah. egg retrieval. Um, everything was going along much better. They felt, and I produced twenty one eggs, wow. but they retrieved. 11 that were viable, I think. And again, I, my eyes were closed. The first thing you think of is open that hand and see what's in your hand. And it was the number 11. I was so excited, big smile on my face, and then passing out again. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I just got to see, I just got to see. Um, yeah, so we went from there and it turned out three, um, they split. So the more they split, the better the embryo mm-hmm. Um and three were implanted in Liz, and I thought, for sure, this, she's got to have twins. She's so fertile, my cousin. She's got to have <laughs> twins. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, only one. Only one. Only mm-hmm. one great one. One great one. one. She's a sweetie. Um, yeah. Implanted. And it was funny because when we did the amnio synthesis, <laughs> the doctor was saying... Um, she this and she that everything looks good she seems to be the right size she's growing well and my husband and i are in the room but uh, where we can't see lizzie obviously but i go can you tell what it is can you tell what it is and he's like i've been saying she for the last 20 minutes i was so excited so in backtracking i was very very excited to feel pregnant symptomatic Mm -hmm. again you know which was nausea and tenderness yes you can do the math on that and couldn't wait to take a pregnancy test, which I did, and waited to tell Lauren to make sure. And so I passed over like the four week mm-hmm. and then got into five weeks, still pregnant. This is great. So excited. And then we had a confirming blood type. So that was the most fun to hear. Like, right. and every week that this passed, is really by, happening. I was feeling more and more like, oh, you know, nauseous, yep. but happy. Yeah. You know? Like- and uh, just it. trying to push towards that, you know, that first trimester mark. Right. right. Yeah. So legally, and how did you deal with this? Um, was there some kind of contract you entered oh, into? Absolutely. Or did you um, have rules for Liz and her pregnancy? <laughs> oh, yeah. We had rules. <laughs> no sushi. <laughs> That's uh, always the thing you never want to hear. In right. Especially this one. She, she loves sushi. <laughs> only, I only knew no sushi because she had food poisoning Maybe a couple years before mm-hmm. that, and I'm like, "Don't you even dare!" <laughs> and um, I wasn't pregnant when I was eating sushi and, the first time around. Although, don't dye my hair. Don't dye mm-hmm. her hair. Like, oh gosh, now I'm going to have roots. <laughs> so, no dyeing my hair. I tried hard not to see, you know, scary movies, sad movies. Try mm. to keep myself emotionally and, pa- and played you know, Beethoven on her belly. I nice. did. I played <laughs> classical music. Classical music. Did the same thing for Joey. Yeah. Um, went to work. You know, got through my morning sickness. Lasted till about 13 weeks. So it was smooth sailing second trimester, well into my third trimester. It was pretty easy for me. And I think it was just much, much more stressful for the parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much more stressful. But going back to the contract. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes. We wanted to compensate Lizzie for when she left work, which was about 36 weeks. I left at 36, I remember um, 36 weeks and two days. Right. And then afterwards, um, not that it was a complication, but something small. Oh, I ended up being out of work longer than six weeks. It's usually six weeks for a vaginal birth, eight weeks for a C-section. C-section. I went 
back to work at 10 weeks, I developed idiopathic thrombocytopenia, which is <laughs> ITP. And that is a, a platelet disorder. Mm-hmm. And my platelets dropped very, very low till the point where they wouldn't let me out of the hospital, saw hematology. Um, probably um, I had had some preeclampsia with my first child. We delivered before my blood pressure went up. We talked very, very long and hard about how this was going to go to make sure that I was healthy. Um, I knew that there was a risk. Um, I did not get high blood pressure with my second pregnancy, but this development can look like what's called HELP syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that's... um, a high complication of preeclampsia. So I had no problems with liver function tests. I had no uh, protein in my urine. I had no mm-hmm. hypertension, but I did I get ITP, it. which could mm-hmm. have been an incidental thing that was developing, but the hematologist did explain this could be a surface antigen sensitization to a foreign body, or it could be Related to preeclampsia, but you're not leaving this hospital till they turn themselves right. around. You have mm-hmm. to. And finally, like on day seven, my platelets started to go up in the other direction. But I couldn't go back to work until I had platelets in over 100. Mm-hmm. Right. So I go for weekly blood tests, sometimes twice, to make sure that they were moving in the right direction, of which I recovered completely. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. You were out of work for probably about six weeks. And we wanted to compensate her mm-hmm. for that. I paid my salary while I and, was out of work. Yeah. I had no stress. Lauren and Steve took care of, good care of me. That's awesome. Yeah. We didn't have a, a compensation. Like, I think nowadays people are paid, paid in huge advance. amounts of money. But we're family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, is, this is family. And they gave a very nice, generous gift to my son, Joseph. That's awesome. And um, Lauren, we, they had a contract. We signed the contract. It was a legal binding contract of their wishes and desires and how Mm -hmm. this was going to go and that I was going to turn over this baby. And this was their baby. And it was all very clear. And it made us feel good and comfortable. And Included in the contract, did you have anything about feeding the baby? Like, would you express colostrum or breast milk? I was going to... um, There was a point where... The doctor asked me if I wanted to develop uh, breast milk. Do a lactation program. Very Mm -hmm. difficult thing to Mm -hmm. do. And I had no qualms about giving her formula, um, even though other people are. And Lauren had spent years and years taking lots of medication and hormones. And we were, uh, I was like. It didn't bother me. You have a healthy baby that you produced. Mm -hmm. She is your child. You have a healthy pregnancy. We have a healthy birth. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't have to take more drugs. (laughs) I really felt. Not that I'm not for anybody who would love to do a lactation program. I actually know somebody who did it successfully, and there's Mm -hmm. lots of people that do. But for Lauren and Steve, so much stress. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. We didn't. We were fine with the formula. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is very healthy. And And smart. You would never know (laughs) that she did not. She is. She's a spectacular (laughs) person, I have to say. People are funny with that. They are. It's amazing the things that come out of people's mouths. Oh, they would ask me. 
Did yeah. you breastfeed Are you breastfeeding her? the baby? I said, no, <laughs> I'm not breastfeeding Lauren's baby. <laughs> but there are people that do. Uh-huh. There are people that we... Or express the breast milk. They express yeah. breast milk. And if Lauren parents. wanted me to do that, I would have happily done that. Mm-hmm. But um, Well, that's another meeting at the gas station. Right. And <laughs> exchanging I know. I mean, breast milk. Once, exchanging once breast milk. Exchanging breast milk. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> Anyways, that's funny. So, um, Contractual agreement. A hundred percent. That's the way it should go. Oh, that's the way it has yes. to go. And now um, uh, we didn't go through an agency because back twenty five years, twenty four years ago, yeah, we, we were did cousins. You were one of the first for your so OBGYN for for Doctor Eric Surrey. He was like the first. Yeah, that was the infertility doctor. The first. It was a gestational surrogate. He had done plenty of IVF. But again, this wasn't a common thing back then. This was like, oh, you had in vitro fertilization, and we had heard about, you know in the media and they called them you know test two babies and it was a whole different thing yeah, that was now of course you know every fourth person mm-hmm. that i take care of is but the family component is really amazing between you guys like you're involved in bria's life well and- bria's my second cousin uh-huh. we're we're together we were all you know lauren and i were out on the beach yesterday day before we were at a surprise birthday party for, for my brother for uh-huh. her brother bria and i see each other right. all the time she's, she's her godmother we didn't and say she's that my, already <laughs> you know i do think of her at, i you know i do think of her as my special cousin I never felt like mom mm-hmm. or got a mom like I did with my son. With yeah. my son, I was just like this, like, because I was, she yeah. she has parents. And mm-hmm. Lauren was so mom. She came from a very large family of six children. She was so mom. And Steve <laughs> was so dad right from the get-go Aww. that it just did not go in yeah. in that way. It was a job. Mm-hmm. I really took this on as a task to be done yeah. in the best way possible that I would do any other task. And, right. I, and I truly mean that. And I've never felt maternal mm-hmm. in that way, yeah. but I have felt like I love my second cousins and she's special to me, of course. Yeah. Right. Hey, Liz, did you know that my business is called Preparented? I do. Because I want you to be 100% prepared for parenthood. I teach you classes about birth, breastfeeding, and newborn care. My specialty is helping you have an unmedicated natural birth in the hospital setting. Aren't you a lactation educator? Yeah, I'm a lactation consultant, an IBCLC. So I can go to your home if you're in Los Angeles to help you breastfeed your baby. For those of you not in Los Angeles, I also do virtual consults. We can get so much accomplished during a virtual consult. And then I have some a la carte items like a personalized pumping plan where if you're going back to work and you just need help figuring out how to pump and get a stash so that you can have enough milk to feed your baby when you're at work, I can help you navigate that whole process. I also have a text me anything membership for a month. You can text me anything, any questions you have while you're postpartum and you're figuring out that newborn life and you're exhausted and you just need a little extra mama support. You can go to my website, www.preparented.com or my Instagram at preparented for funny videos featuring my family and also my silly face. You do have the best videos. Lauren, what was it like taking Bria home from the hospital? Oh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Do we even talk about 
the birth part of it? The birth yeah. part. Oh, right. Let's talk about the birth. <laughs> was really wild. There was a lot of people there. We they chose, were great to us yeah. at UCLA. Yeah. I was an, also an employee at UCLA at the time. I was having a repeat elective C-section. I thought about having a TOLAC trial of labor after a cesarean, but I had an occipit posterior smallish baby. Um, I had a really difficult time. I thought I would do it if it were my own. Mm-hmm. And I know we have advocate for TOLAC and VBAC whenever possible on this podcast, and I do with my own clients and my own patients, and I'm very, very pro. But I just, um, at this, this is 23 years ago, and I um, thought, we just need to do this right. and get this done. And I didn't think, especially I have no regrets about that decision because I think there was so much stress at the end for Lauren and Steve um, yeah, so we chose a date ten uh-huh. days before um, two twenty two. Also to circumvent <laughs> any preeclampsia right, that I would be right, trying right. to have. And we I, were there. Yeah. be at the hospital at this time. She was. We were in the operating room with her, my husband, me, Paul, and Paul. Her wow, this thing is taped. <laughs> and then once Brio was born, you- when this baby came out of my body, <laughs> our OB, my OB, held her over the curtain like we do for uh-huh, everybody. Uh-huh. And I just started cracking up. Dark, almost black, curly, wavy head of hair, and this olivey oh, skin. Obviously, and I was Lauren staring into the face baby. of Lauren. <laughs> yeah, I thought I could see Steve in there, but she looked so much like Lauren. It just Aww. cracked me up. I'm like, there is no question. Yeah, baby right. This so is. That's we amazing. took the baby. Um, it was fun. Her dear friend Daryl uh, led us into another room. They put her in. A little um, bassinet under the heater. Right, under Mm -hmm. the heater. We got to hold her. um, And we kind of like, Liz, are you okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. We didn't want to leave the operator. I'm like, go, go. It's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to stay over two nights, I think, in the room with Liz. And um, the second day, we had about 17 people in oh my the room. <laughs> Lizzie was passed out in bed, and uh, I had a bed in there they brought in for me. They were really nice to And us. the crib, and we had visitors come all at the same time. And the doctor walks in and says, are you out of your mind? What are you people doing here? Oh, my gosh. We were passing the baby around. She's two days old. You know, She needs to get used to this. This is right. her life. You have a big family. She has a lot of people. <laughs> and you you know what it was a love fest it was it was it's a miracle mm-hmm. it was everyone everyone knew about this in our family yeah. and our friends and waiting for it you I know? think there's a photograph I'm literally passed out and <laughs> oh, there's I people like the, all, all over the place <laughs> yeah. so funny my parents my brother was in from Chicago my parents from upstate New York um, wow. cousins friends it sisters. was it was crazy my sisters yeah it's pretty funny and then it was time to leave Packing up, my husband's there. We got the car seat, and Lizzie's laying in bed. Um, and I'm all, "Bye, Liz. Thanks." <laughs> I was so strange. It was so weird because she's like, we just did nine months with her, and I like, taking the baby I don't and saying, "Leave you." I'm like, "You can leave me. Thanks. See you I'll, later. I'll see you in a few days. I'll be out." <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Bye. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It was. It was weird. And then you get home and you put the car seat down and it's like, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. I mean, can (laughs) you imagine this child? No, you know, somebody who is doing this through surrogacy doesn't have really that day-to-day preparation of being awake all night long. You don't have to pee all night long. And Lauren 
had a very stressful week with a death of a friend. Her back went out. The stress of the C-section. Mm-hmm. I had a so file. Just paperwork to get oh, paperwork. paperwork. Oh my gosh! I, they were going to put Liz's name on the birth certificate, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Right. Well, she's giving birth in our hospital. Her name goes on." Yes. So it's I had to go stress. to court every day the week before wow. ex parte. It's called to um, wait for an opening and on the docket to file these. I think it was eight documents consisting of 50 pages, she had to sign them, Paul had to sign them, my husband had to sign them, wow. that we were okay with my name going on the birth certificate as the mother. The Things are much yeah. more streamlined right now. Obviously. Anyone could be the dad. Anyone. <laughs> Joe Schmo. But uh, <laughs> I had to go to A court. A lot of stress. Wow. Yeah. So that Here, was... Here, take your baby home. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. See you. So all good in the end. And then... Um, what was it like telling Bria, or what's the story of you telling Bria right. that there there was about her birth fun. story? Yeah, she was four years old. We thought we'd tell her early, so it would always be a part of her. We sat her down, and he said, uh, we, we have a story for you. It's a wonderful story, Bria. You know Cousin Lizzie? Well, um, Mommy had a bad belly, and I couldn't put, I couldn't carry a baby because my belly wouldn't let me. So we put my egg and daddy has his seeds and we mixed them together and we put it in Lizzie's belly and she was like the oven for us. And you could see her little mind going and going. This is and also we went a precocious child who is super right. bright. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So we finished the story and she's like, can you tell me that story again? One more time, please. So we, we said it again <laughs> and all she said at the end is like, you're always going to be my mommy and you're always going to be my daddy. Oh, yes, honey. We are from the beginning. Lizzie's mm-hmm. a special lady for us. She's your pet, special cousin. She's your godmother. She'll always be there for you. But we'll always be your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Done. And then I talked to her on the telephone. And uh-huh. I said, so I hear that you heard our, our fun. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was telling my mom later that evening, and she was way in the other room watching TV. I was oh, in the kitchen, uh, kitchen, and uh, so my mom said, what did you say to her? And I says, well, we took mommy's eggs and daddy's. I know I didn't say sperm, and from the other room we hear, you said seeds. <laughs> so she was listening, and she, uh, yeah. she really yeah. took it all in, so it was pretty funny. Wow. And so she took it well, and, you know, from an early age, she knew Lizzie carried her and it was mm-hmm. nothing it was normal for her it, i think it was and when she was in second or third grade she did a family tree and we can't do an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper family trees but even if you draw a tree yeah there's just too many aunts right. and uncles there's 20 of those and grandparents oh and then all of mommy's brothers right. and sisters mm-hmm. and cousins and you know yeah. so it's a big family tree and the teacher notices that she puts my name uh-huh. somewhere over somewhere on this family tree and, and calls Lauren Near to us. inquire, like, who's, <laughs> who's Lizzie? <laughs> who's that? Why is she by your parents? Right, right. So I told her the story. Nice. Which I think is so sweet that she gave me, you know, street cred. Some cred. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know, you got some credit Even there. the presence of mind of a second or third grader to just, just I, I should put her in right. there somewhere. Yeah. And thought, the funny well, thing so is, to this day, um, <laughs> you know, my friends all know that Bria was born through a surrogate Mm -hmm. and um 
So when we're at a barbecue or something and they meet Liz. Or anywhere. Anywhere. And <laughs> they know Bria and the story, I have to say. And by the way, this is my cousin Liz. She's she's the one that carried Bria. And I she did. hated it. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't hate it. I just didn't want Lauren to feel like she had. I, I told right. Lauren several times, you don't have to introduce me as, as Liz, my surrogate partner you can just say this is my cousin Liz you don't have to say this anymore well I feel like you I said I don't know well, I, I don't, don't have feel any for you for it's this. just such an incredible story and everyone knows about it so when they finally meet her even today I have to say oh by the way you know Bria was a surrogate well, yeah. I have another personal question for you yeah. Liz so mm -hmm. I know with your first baby you had postpartum depression yes we've talked about and that. I've mm -hmm. taken care of some surrogate families and with one in particular that I'm thinking of after she had the baby, I noticed that she was showing like sadness and crying. And, mm -hmm. and I knew that she had a history of postpartum depression with her previous biological children. And so I'm wondering if that same thing happened to you with this pregnancy. Did you experience postpartum depression? Well, with my own, with my first son, my my only son, um, I had very, very significant postpartum depression and didn't see it coming at all. Kind of blindsided me several weeks in. The good news is that I it ended around 13 weeks. Very abruptly. It was very odd. But it was, uh, I was down the rabbit hole in a big way. I did not even feel like I could reach out. I think people noticed. People came by. I cried a lot. I had loss of time. It mm. was, I don't know, you can't take care of yourself emotionally. So the second time, I was prepared. I didn't have long conversations with, I don't even think I told Lauren and Steve no, you didn't. about all of that. Because that is separate from pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I want to reiterate the good news is that it went away mm -hmm. practically overnight at about 13 weeks. However, I was prepared the second time. I saw the postpartum depression clinic. Um, I got a prescription for SSRI, antidepressants. I had a very specific program. I went on my antidepressants. Back then it was Prozac. There's many more antidepressants now, but it was Prozac. I increased my dosage per instructions at 10 weeks, stayed on for a few weeks. And I think by 20 weeks, I was weaning off, mm -hmm. titrating down and then off. And I had no significant postpartum depression at all. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And I recommend this for uh, anybody who has a history of depression in any mm -hmm. way or doesn't. And I always tell parents, I tell them in class, I tell them uh, at work, these are the signs mm -hmm. to look out for. Crying. I lost 40 pounds in about 15 weeks or, oh. or 12 weeks. Um, I just couldn't eat. So I'm very aware of it. Yeah. And this has to do with not even a first, not only having postpartum depression for the first time, but just people who have a history of okay. depression yep. need to be um, very aware that mm -hmm. you have increased risk of postpartum depression right. in their second pregnancy. So yeah. I circumvented that. I'm a firm believer in finding help mm -hmm. quickly, have a plan, which I did. It worked for me. It was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we can wrap up now, but was there anything that we didn't talk about or any last comments you want to say, Lauren, about oh, the whole journey? Definitely a an emotional journey. Um, uh, our daughter is 23 now. She's wonderful. She graduated from Berkeley. She's got a fantastic job. World yeah. traveler. World, world traveler. She got 
to do it, not me. <laughs> um, but if you think it's for you, something you want to do, um, start asking the questions. Uh, get information, all the information you can get. There's different ways. Obviously, 25 years later, it's a lot different now. Agencies, um, yeah. very clear contracts. And if you're going to be a gestational carrier or a surrogate mother of any kind, you have to be clear about your motivations mm -hmm. and clear about your um, your health and that you're in good condition and look at your history right. and have conversations with the people around you, whether you're married or not. Well, family get gets support. involved. But it was fun. But it was I worth it. Yeah. Change Obviously. a thing. It was Aww. great. Obviously, the, they talked me into the second time. And yes. Yeah, a little family pressure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you, well, thank you for coming. Today. This was great. Yeah. We love you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we hope that this was informational, helpful for you to understand just that every birth story looks different. And especially if you are going through the surrogacy journey, it's going to be a wild ride. But uh, we're here to support you. We'd love your comments and feedback. Feel okay. free to reach out to and me email, at this yeah. podcast email. And I'd be happy to uh, weigh in. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.